Knowledge is power, and we are all about empowering the mamas of the world. In each episode, we will unravel and interpret the latest research and evidence-based practices for pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. As mums and researchers ourselves, we have experienced firsthand the overwhelming complexity of information, myths, and those classic old wives' tales. I'm Dr. Renee White, and this is The Science of Motherhood. Hello, and welcome to episode 83 of The Science of Motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Renee White. Thanks so much for joining us. This week is a check-in Tuesday episode. So this is a kind of shorter episode where I chat about something that I might have learnt about or experienced in the past couple of weeks. And Today's episode, we are going to be talking about things to do with your baby in the first year. I don't know about you, mamas, but I was bombarded with apps and classes and all of these kind of external sources of like, you have to do this and you have to do that. Otherwise, your baby's not going to develop. And of course, you want the the best for your child. So you kind of indulge in it in a little bit. I remember I downloaded this app, which gave you like a reminder every day of something to do with your child. And I was like, oh yeah, this will be really good because I'm going to be home all day and, you know, I'll have all this time and it'll kind of prompt me to do things. (laughs) I think it lasted like two days and I was like, um, the mental load of this is killing me. And so I just deleted it. So please do not feel that you um, have to do any or all of these things. But if you're looking for some really simple things to do with your bubby in the first 12 months, I found this article on a great website, motherly.com. Actually, it's mother.ly, but it's the motherly website. If you haven't stumbled upon it, please jump over and have a look. It's, it is um, very US focused, but nevertheless, the resources are fantastic and easily transferable. So I found this article that they were talking about, you know, why play is important for babies. And it kind of stemmed off when I was doing my research around nature play, which you may have heard in a couple of episodes previously. I think it was episode 79 around the benefits of child's play in nature. And I found this article, which was really great. And it kind of gave, you know, month by month activities based on the neurodevelopmental kind of approximation of where your baby would be at. Just a few things that you can kind of do. So I wanted to share with you some of those little tips really easy, you know, (laughs) doesn't require a membership to anything. So here we go. We are going to dive in with baby activities by month. But before I, I do that, I think it's, you know, needless to say, the importance of sensory play and, you know, developmental play If you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard me bang on about the Possums program, which we um, partner with. So all of our clients, all of our doula clients from Fill Your Cup, they get access to the Partner Parents program at Possums. And it talks about the fact that not only do we need to nourish our children with 
you know, feeding, so whether that be formula or breast milk and sleep. But the third arm of that, and often either neglected or misunderstood or just not even on the radar, is sensory nourishment. How sensory nourishment can play such an important role in our child's development. And it's this beautiful cycle of, you know, we find that when our babies get enough sensory nourishment, they probably sleep better as well. So if you think about it, if someone had you in a room all day long and there wasn't much going on in your world and you were just kind of like sitting there and just you got the same thing around you day in and day out, you're probably going to get bored. And so what we might find is that children who have that and don't get outdoors and don't go for a walk or even just out into the garden and break up that day, they probably get really restless in the afternoon, early evening. And it's that kind of restlessness. They're they're telling you, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm really bored. It's, It's a piece of advice I suggest to our families who might tell me, you know, it gets to four o'clock and Bubby just becomes really restless and upset and we don't know what to do. And my first port of call always is change the environment. Just see what that does. So that's experimenting with putting Bubby in a carrier or a pram or just taking them outside and put putting them on a picnic rug if it's, you know, nice and warm and outside and just change the environment, letting them just watch the leaves blow in the wind might be, it's mind-blowing for them, you know? <laughs> They've been on this earth for like two seconds. That is amazing stuff for them. So sensory nourishment is so, so important for their cognitive, sensory, motor, social, emotional, language development, all of those things. So if you've got a little bubby who seems to be getting a little bit cranky, you know, around that four, five, six o'clock mark, maybe just try and change the environment. See how that goes. Take them outside and and see what happens. You might be very surprised. All right, so let's dive into one-month-old activities. What are the types of things we're looking at? Really basic. Have a chat to them. If you listen to a previous episode that we did with Dr. Greer Kirschenbaum in episode 74, she is an amazing neuroscientist she was talking about in that episode how she would be conversing with newborn babies and how parents think that that's so strange but really if we just give them an opportunity to have a little chat to us obviously it's not in any kind of discernible English that we would understand but they will talk back to you in their own little language so always just have a chat maybe copycat and tummy time, you know, those types of things. That's really easily done. Two-month-old activities. You might want to be singing a song or having a little stretch out with their bodies. A couple of our doulas, Maz and Caitlin, so Maz is in Sydney and Caitlin is in our Melbourne team, they are infant baby massage instructors. And you speak to those ladies 
And the power of stretch and touch and massage is just so amazing for these kids. Just builds this really beautiful attachment between caregivers and babies. Reading to your bubba. They don't know what everything means, but that's okay. Reading to them can strengthen their language skills. And, you know, I remember someone said to me, even if it's just like two pages in a little board book, you would be surprised how much they start to kind of take on. When they're three months old, it might be, you know, play back and forth. So if they smile at you, you smile back. If they coo and make you make the same sound back and you keep this kind of sensory game going and that in and of itself lays the foundation for things like emotional development and receptive language as well as cause and effect down the line. So that's really, really helpful. Four-month-old activities. This is where you might start kind of incorporating mirrors. Babies love to see themselves. They find it so fascinating. They'll even smile and laugh at themselves, which is very, very cute. They might be rolling as well. So kind of rolling um, themselves on like a play mat and also maybe getting a few non- non-destructive items out of the kitchen to get them like playing with those. So it could be like a wooden spoon or, you know, a bunch of containers. I remember when my daughter was starting to really explore, you know, I would just get a couple of Tupperware containers out and some, you know, silicon moulds and things like that. Obviously no choking hazards and sharp implements, but just basic stuff in your kitchen that you can just get out One of the things that she absolutely loved, I got this, it was like a clear, almost like a a clear kind of water um, vessel and I filled it with different um, dried pantry stuff. So I put some rice in there, some lentils, some dried beans and it became like a shaker for her. She absolutely loved it. She still has that, actually. She's about to turn six. She still has that and she loves it. It's like a little musical instrument that she plays. Um, Five-month-old activities. So this is when they're starting to kind of refine the skills they've learned so far, you know, getting ready for sitting up and starting solid food. So it might be toy hide-and-seek. So like a little version of the game hide and seek, you hide a small toy under a blanket and just have one kind of edge peeking out, ask your baby to find the toy, you know, when they do hide it again elsewhere. It could be blowing bubbles. Oh my goodness. Eva and bubbles. What is it about kids and blowing bubbles? There's something so magical about that. My daughter still goes mad um, for, for blowing bubbles. It is something that we resorted to a lot during COVID lockdowns. We had a very, very small house with an even smaller backyard. And so we would go out there all the time and just blow bubbles. It was absolutely magical. Six months old. So they're kind of sitting, maybe unassisted, maybe around this time, making some new sounds, playing with their food. I cannot... I cannot speak more highly around letting your children play with food. I know as someone with a type A personality who hates mess, 
this is the part where you really need to, in the words of Elsa, let it go. (laughs) Giving your children an opportunity to play with the food is part of the eating process. It's them getting comfortable with the texture. It's them feeling it, understanding and getting comfortable with it. I mean, it's kind of like they've never seen it before. So it's that preemptive step of, uh, I'm not too sure if that's safe. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to touch it. I'm going to start to feel comfortable with it. And then if I trust it, then I'll kind of put it in my mouth. The whole, you know, touching the food is so, so important. So if you're not really vibing the whole throwing the food on the ground and and the giant big mess, perhaps invest in, um, there's some great businesses out there with um, smocks and, and big kind of tarp type things that you put down underneath the high chair. Just go with that. Otherwise, I hope you have a dog like us, but your dog might get very chubby (laughs) like our dog did (laughs) when Eva started to get into the solids. Seven months. Okay. So at this point, they might start to be really kind of cruising around, crawling. It might be an opportunity for some baby proofing at this stage. Um, But, you know, an a makeshift indoor playground. So, you know, it could be putting up like a little mini mini obstacle course if they want to scoot around and get over some pillows and or, you know, if they're pushing balls and cars around or, or something like that. Clapping is a big thing. They might be learning how to clap at this stage, which is super cute. Put some music on for them and you can do some clapping together. Eight months old. So, yeah, again, this is might be where they're starting to really do the crawling. Or in my case, Eva was a bum scooter, which if anyone's watched the episode on Bluey where Chili is looking back at her time as a first mum and you've got Bluey doing the bum scooting, oh, my goodness, did that episode bring some tears for me? So, yeah, it could be your, your child is becoming very mobile at this stage. And so it could be, you know, helping them get around again on those kind of makeshift playgrounds with the pillows and the cushions. It could be talking to them about pointing and and telling them what you're doing for the day. Okay, let's hop in the pram and we're going to go to the shops. And then when you're walking down the street, it could be have a look at that tree or look at the bird over there, Um, something like that. So they're observing and then they're matching the word to what you're you're pointing at. Nine-month-old activities. One of the things that the motherly website actually mentions is what's called flower power. (laughs) And they've said in a mess proof spot, set baby down on the floor with a baking sheet and a few cups of full flour. Let them explore the texture and engage in the act of pouring the flour from one cup to another. Can they make a mountain or a valley? Now, when I first read this, I was like, you have got to be joking me. There is no way that I would have given Eva flour. But having said that, though, the only way I could see this happening, and I have seen this in a few different um, sensory activities, is already go to the end of the game. Put them in the bath 
and give them the really messy sensory activity because it's already in the bath. So it doesn't matter where the mess is actually happening because you can dust them off, you can get out, get as much flour out of the bath as you can and then just run the bath and put them in there. So, so we've already headed to the end of end of the activity and it's already all encompassed. Um, 10 month old activities. So this is the point where in their neurodevelopment, they're perfecting that pincer grasp and and pulling up to stand or, or, you know, things like that. So you want to start encouraging them to work on activities that support their fine and gross motor skills. So you might be doing things like getting a whole bunch of pegs and showing them that they can put them into like an empty tissue box. So the pegs go in and then, you know, they've got to pick them up, put them in, and then you empty it out. Or you might peg them onto something and then they've got to, you know, grab the peg, take it off, put it into the box, something like that. Another thing that they've suggested is what they call the mini masterpiece. So they talk about, you know, sacrificing a pack of post-its and it could be the fact that you put several of these sticky notes on the floor or the wall of, of Bubby's room and show them how they can unstick and stick back on. And so, you know, they can have some fun with that. The other thing is that, you know, you might pack a picnic and put all their favourite toys into the pram and head over to the park and have a little teddy bear picnic or something like that. 11 months old. Ah, oh, man, <laughs> I remember these days. So obviously they're probably building up a lot of strength and coordination um, to, you know, take those first few steps. Um, so, you know, it can be maybe in a really safe way, obviously, putting things up a little bit higher so they can pull themselves up and kind of looking for those those objects. Uh, it could be around stacking cups in the bath and putting bright bath toys in and, and, you know, showing them how to pour water from one object to another. It could be, again, reading but kind of doing a little role play with them with some of their favourite toys as you kind of set up almost like a little play, you know, um, the little bunnies and teddy bears. 12 months old. Well, my goodness. <laughs> First of all, what an achievement. I feel like the 12-month-old or the one-year-old birthday party needs to be for the parents, not for the children, always. I always bring a gift for the parents and then a small gift <laughs> for the child because it's a celebration of we did it, we all survived, just, but congratulations for the parents <laughs> for managing all of that. And so what we kind of can do around this is, and I remember Eva becoming quite enthralled at 12 months old as well, is with drawing. So it could be with chalk or crayons or something like that. If it's chalk, it's super easy. You know, if you've got some concrete pavers or something like that, they can sit up and just play with the chalk on there and, and draw away. The website has actually recommended stickers, you know, putting their favourite stickers on a piece of paper. I And they do suggest it that they might need some help peeling the sticker. I found even it took a long time for her to be able to peel stickers off a sheet to have that kind of dexterity. But that could be something if it was a really big sticker. I also know that 
there are these books where you can get quite large. They're almost like they're reusable stickers. So they'll come with like a farm scene and it will be like all the farm animals and, you know, things like that. You can stick them down and, and take them off again and reuse them. So that could also be a really fun activity for them to do. But I think all in all, at each one of these stages, the majority of these activities, as I said at the beginning, are not ones where you're signing up for potentially a very expensive class that you feel obliged, that you have to make, you know, at 10 o'clock every Tuesday or whatever that looks like. There are things in these activities where you can just pop them into your day whenever suits you best and your child is still going to benefit greatly from each and every one of these around their sensory and cognitive and you know social and emotional development so you're you're hitting all of those things but with just really basic stuff that you've got at home or really close by so I hope I hope that helps if you're looking for activities for your bubby in the first 12 months I totally get it I've been there I know how mundane those days can be And if you can just fill it with a couple of these activities, you are just kicking goals. All right, then until next week, see you later. Bye. If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you know someone out there who would also love to listen to this episode, please hit the share button so they can benefit from it as well. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. If you would like to contact us, we are at ifillyourcup.com or you can DM us at ifillyourcup underscore via Instagram. You can find all of our services, including our postpartum in-home care and our Fill Your Freezer meal delivery service as well through both those channels. Thanks so much for listening.